Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, a podcast for and about the people of the Nashville restaurant scene. Now here's your host, the CEO of New Light Hospitality Solutions, Brandon Still. Hello again, Music City. Uh, Very excited for today's show. We've been doing interviews with chefs, restaurant owners, and just bartenders, all kinds of different people, trying to gain some perspective and hopefully bring some smiles to your faces. But today, today we get to talk a little shop. When I first met Janet Kurtz, I was speaking to her um, about one of her clients, but quickly realized that it would be a disservice to all of you if I didn't pick her brain. So I know many of you out there know uh, a lot about what we're talking about, and you're really savvy. Uh, But some people don't. And if you can take one thing away from this podcast today, one thing that you say, wow, that's a great idea, and you're able to use that and it sounds great to you, then then I'm gonna I'm gonna consider this a success. So please go to my Facebook page at Nashville Restaurant Radio on Facebook. Now leave a comment. Um, I'm going to share a link to this podcast on that page. Let me know what you thought was insightful. Let me know if you saw anything that was great. Let me know if you didn't like it. I'm good. I'm looking for some feedback. Help me um, get better with what I do. If you would like to leave topics for me, if you have something you'd like to hear about, please feel free to uh, email me. My email address is brandon at newlighthospitality.com. I'd love your feedback. I'd love to know what you thought. Um, Like I said, anything I can do better, which would be awesome. So Nashville, uh, without further ado, let's bring in Janet. Janet, how you doing? Well, hey, I'm good. How are you doing? Well, I think like everybody, I'm trying to figure out new fun things to do at my house. (laughs) That's right. I've cooked a lot of, I've just cooked a lot over the last couple weeks. It's been, uh, my my household is well fed. It's a good thing, and I, I keep telling restaurateurs they're saying this isn't happening. I go look. If you've looked in the the grocery stores, everybody's refrigerator is full of food right now. People are going to get tired of doing dishes real soon, and to goes are going to pick up. Oh man, yeah, uh, abs- absolutely. It's definitely or even just getting out of the four walls of their home. You know, like there's just a little bit of that too. There's a lot of that. So, Janet, you own a company, Kurtz Hospitality Marketing, and you have insights as to what restaurant owners and hotels um, can do right now, anybody who's extremely affected by COVID-19. And we're going to get into that, right? So, Janet, um, before we get into exactly what you do, how you do it, and advice you might have people out there, let's get to know you a little bit. Um, Okay. So... You what was your what was your first job? You went out there in the, in the industry. What was your first job you ever had? Do you want to? Oh, my first job I've ever had. Oh, this is a good one. I was Wendy at Wendy's. You were. No, I also had to uh, cook hamburgers, but I was Wendy at Wendy's. You had? Did you have to wear like a red wig, or did you have red hair? Like, no, I totally wore a red yarn wig. I had remember grease pencils, you know? Like oh yeah. We used to write in grease pencils on whiteboards in the back uh, back of the house. I wore, I had grease pencil freckles, and then I had this blue and white striped little dress with little blue and white striped pantaloons, and then red and white sock lit things that I had to wear. Wow. It was great. (laughs) I was 16. I worked the little kids' birthday parties. Ribbon cuttings for other Wendy's stores were high on my priority of duties. Just anything that they they needed a, a spokesperson. 
well, not a spokesman. I certainly did not speak to the media at the time, but anything that they needed sort of a figure for, I was there. It was a blast. So you've literally been in the hospitality business your entire life. I, I have. Well, I have. And I'll tell you, I'll go a step further. I'm from a small town called Dresden, Ohio. And it is famous for uh, Longaberger baskets. And there are these baskets that people used to collect, um, and, and a consultant would sell them to you. Now, eventually it digitized, but at the time, you would have these consultant parties, and these, this was international. It was an international company based in this little 1,500-person town in Ohio. It was very idyllic. We had a main street, and on that main street, were little shops dedicated to the baskets and little restaurants and boutiques. And we had a true tourism season in that town. And I think there were, there were kind of two camps. One camp was the camp that just thought, well, these people, they're crossing the street. And by the way, we had one stoplight. So it wasn't like we really had busy intersections, but you know, you, you had people who thought, well, they're, they're just filling up our restaurant and, you know, they're on our sidewalks or whatever. And then you had the other camp that that truly were born in that kind of hospitality mindset of welcoming people who really had planned their perhaps only vacation of the year to this small town. And how can we make that experience an absolutely excellent experience for that period of time while they were while they were there? For me, the roots of hospitality run very, very deep. I feel like there's so many um, similarities with Nashville. It just in a much larger scale that there's so many people out there that absolutely cherish the people that come to town and do everything within their power to just be an ambassador for our city and try and host people and be gracious that people are coming to town. And then there's so many people that are just like, ugh, tourists. (laughs) And I'm like, I wonder those people are feeling right now. Because, you know, I, I fall into the camp of, I'm proud of Nashville. I love Nashville. I think Nashville's like just, I've lived here for 32 years and I'm just so proud of everything that we've done that I just, I just, I don't know. I think it's fantastic. And, um, and you want to show that off to visitors, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. So what inspires you? What are the things on a daily basis? What sucks you out of the sheets? I used to have a boss that say, what sucks you out of the sheets every day? What are, yeah. the, what are you passionate uh, about? You know, I, I, it's really that. I think it's it's helping our customers raise their revenues, just be successful in business. You know, yeah. Um, I, I think seeing the success of our customers is overall the biggest driver for me and what I do every day. I was going to say, I think it's really cool now that there's when you digitize everything that you can wake up and really look at stats almost in real time now as to what people have done, who's going where, what they're doing. We'll get into some of that in a little bit. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. So you're staying at home right now, right? As everybody's ordered to do. That's right. And uh, one of the things we're trying to identify cool stuff to do. Are you a book reader? Oh, yes. I love to read. Right now, I'm reading Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Then I'm moving on to her next book, which is Circe. I'm kind of on a Greek mythology kick right now. So uh, those two are, are kind of top of mind right now. There you go. So if I was, what if I was somebody who's in a restaurant or a hotel and I want to learn more about marketing? What's a, what is the absolute go-to, the gold standard Bible for introduction to marketing? Oh man, that's a toughie. 
you know, I think there are so many ways you can, so many different ways you can go with that. I, I do think anything by Anne Handley is really great. Uh, I think she she handles the subjects of content and content marketing and using it in smart, decipherable ways so that you can then utilize those skills that she teaches you for your customers, for your, for your own business, for certainly, but also for your customers as well. Good stuff. I think that there's so much out there just in the world of marketing. And I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to dive in with you, uh, with what you currently do. And your company is called Kurtz Hospitality Marketing. That's right. And so how do you start a company? Like, Do you just wake up one day and say, hey, I'm going to start a company and you just do it? How does that happen? Well, in my case, I actually jumped off a bridge. What? Yes. So. You jumped off a bridge. Um, I jumped off a bridge. So I had been with the Hermitage Hotel. Tennessee is only a five-star, five-diamond property. I've been with them for 13 years. And I just heard this voice. You know, and I think all entrepreneurs really hear this voice. I just didn't listen to it for four years. I loved my job. I loved the people I work with. It was it was so great, such a great experience that it was really difficult for me to listen to myself and when it was when it when myself was saying, you know, there's more there's something more you're meant to do. And so I made the decision to leave the Hermitage, and I had some travel coming up, so we, I, I had this idea of maybe starting a consulting firm, or, you know, did I just move on to the next opportunity, you know, that would be on property with a hotel or something like that? And which, is, which is the safe call. Very safe. Right, yeah, so that, that's absolutely. the safe thing in... Some of us are risk averse and don't want to do stuff like that. And I think there's there's this for entrepreneurs, there's a jumping off point that you have to get to, right? Yes, that's right. That's absolutely true. And mine happened to be, um, we were in New Zealand where bungee jumping was invented. We were on the South Island. We couldn't go on a helicopter tour one day because of, there was cloud overhang. So the hotel asked us if we wanted to go bungee jumping and we were like, sure, why not? Why not? So, I, I, well, <laughs> I have a little thing with heights. Not terrible, but, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm watching people jump. No big deal. I get up there. They, they kind of bind your feet, and then they bind around your waist so that it's a safe jump, um, and you don't have too much tension going at one place in your body. Sure. The point comes for me to jump, and I get to the ledge, and I'm like, nope. And I'm holding on to this bridge with this death grip. And this little I call her a little girl. I mean that she was small in stature, uh, delightful. And if she is not in sales somewhere in this world, then that is a talent that is totally being wasted because she talked people into jumping off of a bridge for eight hours every single day. And so she sees me struggling. She, you know, Normally they would just go three, two, one, and you would just jump. Well, I didn't jump. So she sees me struggling with this, and it was kind of like this, all of a sudden, she sort of became this disembodied voice for me that said, Janet, holding on is really dangerous. You have to let go. Don't look up. Don't look down. Just look straight ahead, and I want you to jump. And then she counted down again, 
and a gym. And I think that that experience was exactly what I needed on a, on a kind of an emotional level to say, you know what, it's okay for me to let go to all these things that I had before. Yeah. And really take that leap and discover what I can do. So you jump off a bridge, you overcome that fear, and that gives you the strength to go back to America and, I guess, open your agency? <laughs> yep, yep. We got, we got back. No hiccups, no, no nothing. And then that's when it really, I kicked it in because it was time to just kind of think about what I wanted to do, um, you know, and I made the mistake that I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. And I thought, well, I can just do everything for my clients. And, you know, I tried that for a little while and it really, you need kind of honing it down is really important. And so, you know, we really focus on, you know, from a consulting standpoint, we, we really focus on the sales marketing and public relations side of things, but there's also a big component to what we do, which is what we call connections work. And Mm -hmm. so, when our, you know, when a hotel needs a leasey for their for their restaurant space or their retail space, you know, we help make those connections. When we have had restaurants that are ready to really jump up to that next level of, of true community engagement and involvement, and this is more restaurant groups, but where they're looking for a community organization that they're going to support in some way you know we do we set up a lot of those um getting products into certain places so you know that's a that's a portion of what we do and then of course more traditional email blasts and social media um public relations campaigns things like that so let's jump into a little bit about what you do and when we talk about marketing pr exactly what you do and i think marketing kind of sometimes be a general term uh, if you wanted to define it um, do you do much like branding? What exactly do you guys do? You know, we, I would say that's a part of what we do. So you're right. It is difficult, right? Public relations is the broadcast message. Marketing is the very targeted pinpointed Mars. There message. you go. So I would say what we do is a little bit closer to identifying who the audience is for our clients. And then using every facet that we can, creating a multifaceted plan to get in front of those variety of customers, because not every customer is the same for every restaurant or hotel. And so it's really um, a mix of whether it's digital marketing, certainly digital advertising falls under that. It's really, we're really working to help. Uh, hotels and restaurants understand that, that that has that is a crucial part of their marketing plan that they have to um, have funds for, and then you know. Well, so I'm going to stop you right there. When you say that, what do you mean? So it's a social media marketing and advertising, and just digital advertising in itself. You said that you want to make sure that restaurants and hotels make sure that they budget that in. What do you mean? So, so why should they do that, right? For a multitude of reasons, so, so there are a lot of different levels to that. One, our social media posts, as we all know, are no longer being seen organically by our followers. So the algorithm changed a couple years ago. We know that people are trying to trick the system. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but you're spending a lot of time spinning your wheels on trying to trick the system. 
when in fact you can utilize Facebook ads, sponsored posts, things like that, that are going to be seen by a wider but still targeted audience that you you or your marketing partners choose. So, and that's going to get you much further. So I don't mean to cut you off, but to break that down, what you're saying, so back in the day when you'd advertise, you'd do an advertising, you'd do print or you'd do radio, and it just was like a shotgun blast out into the ether and you would just repeatedly do it so that people would hear it and it would just kind of, they'd get it on their brain and they go, oh, I should go to Wendy's because Wendy is there. And they'd hear okay. these, where's the beef, right? You would just right. get those. But now you hear about all these different fishing things and cookies and people understand who these target demographics are. And if you're a restaurant or a hotel, you can specifically target an ad to your exact demographic. So identifying who you want to come into your restaurant or hotel is exactly who you can market to. You don't have to just do these organic, hey, we're doing this discount today. You can put it out there to specific groups of people that you want to market towards, right? That's right. And it is amazing how far you can drill down into that. So say you're a hotel that wants to, and this is a very basic example, but say you're a hotel that wants to market to engaged couples so that they either have their their wedding or wedding reception with you or spend their honeymoon night with you. You can actually drill down to see, to set an ad for people who have become, who have changed their status to engaged in the last six, eight months. And that ad will pop up in those feeds. That's one example. Another one that I really like for restaurants is geofenced ads. Geofencing is great. You can have a restaurant and say say you're in a downtown market. You can actually put a fence around all of the office buildings within, say, a 500 feet radius or 1,000 feet, right? whatever, whatever you choose that to be. Each of those office buildings, you can, again, select your criteria of who, who within those office buildings would see that. And... Then, when that cell phone that saw that ad comes into your restaurant, it's recorded. Now, they it, it does not record your employees. So, if you're there, if somebody, if that cell phone who saw an ad is there for you know six hours, or you know is there for a long period of time, longer than an average diner would be, it discounts that. Uh, it also doesn't include people who just walk in the building and walk out. So they're usually there for about ten minutes. Now, the amazing thing about that is you can see you can't see the cell phone numbers but you can see the number of times that that happens through that select period of time that that ad was running and you can generally average that while that one cell phone came in the door generally people don't go to a bar or restaurant on their own so they're bringing in an extra one to two people wow so you know, while the, the report may say 175 people, you can really plan on about 300-ish, really being the, the average that that brought in. So, so if, you, cool. if you're a restaurant and you're not doing this, I mean, this is something that you've just got to be doing. How, how hard is it for the average person if I'm, um, you know, XYZ restaurant and we don't really have a big budget but we've got a bartender who has a pretty good you know, Instagram following. Having that bartender post our specials every day or having them manage the actual social media site versus 
having somebody drill down like that. Is there even a close comparison? There's, there's really not. It's, it's great that the bartender, certainly you want them to support you. And, and if they can get their friends in there too, that's fantastic. But when you're really looking at hard numbers of what these ads are truly bringing in the door of your business on a regular and consistent basis, then there's just not, it's just not the same. It's apples and oranges. All right. So right now you've got every restaurant in the whole city is closed. Um, one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on here, um, besides all of this stuff is super fascinating, but if I'm a restaurateur right now, I go, great. Okay. Well, I don't need that. I don't need right now. I don't need to geotag people 500 feet from my location to bring them in. So part of this is planning, right? So many people are not working. And one of the things you always hear is I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to implement change to go through a strategy like that. And guess what you have now? Time. That's right. So what can people do? What, what If I was a savvy um, operator and I, was, I didn't have a big plan together for my marketing strategy, what are some things I could be doing right now? It's day like two of the mandatory 14-day stay safe at home thing. I got 13 days left. What can I do in the next 13 days from my house to set my business up for success when we do open? So um, I have a, I have a few thoughts on that. Now, the first one isn't really marketing related, but it is, I think, one of the most important things that any business owner can do right now, restaurant, hotel, or whatever. But specifically for the restaurants, you know, I think first and foremost, they need to be talking to their banker, not just the bank, but the, their, their personal, their actual banker and make sure that they understand their options. BA is working through creating some disaster relief loans that have some more lenient terms. And then the banks themselves are right now talking to customers and helping them understand, you know, what to do with their lines of credit, how to manage those. Maybe they start using them if they have a zero balance right now, but it doesn't get taken away. And that's very technical and operational, and I understand that. But I really think that right now that's going to be the thing that kind of sets people up for success later if they can start with that right now. Okay, that's good intel. The other thing that I would say right now, and this kind of relates to the next two, is the key is community. And being present in the community. Now, that does not mean actually going to be physically out among people because that's obviously not what we're doing. But an example would be now is the time for a restaurateur who has time to reach out to those longtime repeat friends and fans. Now, that can be reaching out to them directly, through social, through whatever, but ask them for support. Yeah. Many of those fans who can are more than happy to help. You know, if you are a restaurant that's selling their wine and beer stock right now, which many of them have been able to do that because the restrictions have lifted, which is great. Think back to those guests who had private dinners who may be interested in stocking up for just their home for the next two weeks because maybe they can't get to a liquor store or it's just easier and they also want to support you. So again, that's where that keys community comes in is these are your friends this is already your base reach out to them be be in contact with them because they'll also be the first ones in your door 
when, and this will, when it comes back, when, when we're back to being out in public and, and able to open our doors again. And you know, that, that's, that's really good stuff. And uh, on that same vein, I, I talked about a podcast last week too. If you have friends that you haven't talked to in a long time, like this is a great time to pick up the phone and reconnect with people. But if you are a business owner or you're a restaurant owner, you've got regulars. Everybody has regulars. Everybody knows mm-hmm. the people who are your regulars that you stop by with and you talk to and you say hello. This is a great time to reach out to those people and just check on them to see how they're doing. Hey, John always comes to the bar, but I haven't seen him in two weeks because the bar's been closed. Pick up the phone and go, hey, man, this is, you know, this is Brandon. I own whatever restaurant. Just want to check in, man. I feel like I miss you. I haven't seen you. We're still closed, but, man, I just miss you. Little things like that also go a really long ways, right? Even checking with people on, on social media. That's exactly right. So I highly recommend that. It, I mean, it's a best practice even when you're open and times are great, you absolutely want to take care of all your guests, but definitely your repeat guests. The same is true here. Check in on them. Definitely a call. Like, I love that. Do a call. Just checking in. You're not trying to sell them anything, but you just want to check in. And a lot of times they want to know how you're doing, too, because they're wondering. Yeah. So do that. I said people feel super special when you think of them. Because they think of you. They spend so much money with you on a regular basis. The fact that you're going through all of this and you thought of them, again, if you have time, it's it just yeah. it's a little bit of extra effort to do that, but set aside thirty minutes a day and just call the people that you know have come into your building. If you use Toast or somebody, you can get that data. Through, That's right. You know, exactly. Open table. So I definitely recommend that. And then on that same vein, and I'm not seeing any, re- and I'm trust me, I've signed up for them. I cannot stress that the importance of email communications, of email blasts, they still, there was a statistic out like two years ago, and it st- I checked recently, and it still holds true that email campaigns are still three times more profitable in revenue than social media, which I find fascinating. Um, Will you say that again? That a couple of years ago, there was a statistic that email blast campaigns were three times more profitable in revenue for restaurants than social media that's a pretty it's a pretty big stat right there it is three times more profitable that's right wow and no one i can tell you right now in nashville the first person who does it is going to be successful because no one is doing it right now i've seen i I take that back there there are a couple examples of of places that have been utilizing it but not consistent i would say take advantage of this time i don't think it needs to be what you're necessarily doing to as far as the COVID-19 because I think last week was the week for that this week is a week to just say hey we're checking in this is how we're doing for goodness sakes write a blog this I can't stress enough either like tell your story get your story out there get people again engaging this doesn't have to be just your repeat customers this can be to your entire email database it can be to you know you you can put that on social media so you've got a lot of facets of ways that you can then promote that but just get that conversation going about who you are kind of the, the person behind the business absolutely and you know i was talking to today uh, he's not in mind me using his name stephen smithing who owns the green hills grill in maribol and they're doing decent business right now as far as to-go is concerned. But he's got a letter that he's written that he's putting in every single to-go box 
explaining how important and vital this business is to them right now and thanking each and every like the community to him is so vital and he just appreciates every single person that's placing an order and i thought that was you know you want to say that things like that are innovative he's just the kind of guy that cares about every single person that comes in that building and he writes the letter because that's just what he does uh, but that's a brilliant idea. I mean, just stay connected with mm -hmm. your people. People that are coming in to support you would love to see a letter that you wrote thanking them for your business because it's it's really important right now. That's right. That's exactly right. So those are just a couple thoughts that I had um, on what people could be doing right now. I think there's certainly there's infinitely more options out there, but these are just a, a couple that kind of came to mind for me. That's good stuff. So you mentioned last week would have been good to do uh, email blast. This week, it's good to connect to people. Let's talk about next week and beyond. Should people be putting together a strategy right now without knowing what's ahead? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think planning is crucial. An example that I have is I had, we have a house in Destin, Florida. And in 2010, there was a big oil spill, Gulf oil spill huge and in may i was down there and i was watching this dolphin kind of look for its breakfast as it was kind of going through the surf and i knew oil was kind of marching that way and i thought this could be the last time any person sees this for a generation we didn't know how how bad the oil spill was going to be yeah you know nobody did again <laughs> nobody did but what was amazing to me as decimated as that tourism season was that year the restaurants always had openings. You could just walk in. We went down several times after that. What was amazing to me was Dustin did fare better than some other areas, so that did help. But that next season, you could not get a table in the entire city of Dustin. I mean, it was just overwhelmed. And what we saw was that restaurants had not prepared in advance to bring back staff to make sure that they had extra seating or had figured out timing or, you know, had done quick meals or to-goes or, you know, there was just a lot of that that had kind of been missed. Uh, it didn't really matter because everybody was so happy to be back there. But they're definitely planning right now is a big one. It's hard to think of because, but humans love to gather. So talk to... Talk to your teams that you have still in place. Get people on board who can help you with these things. I mean, not to do a self-plug, but I think, you know, get a marketing partner in place for when you're ready to come back and let them take that off your plate because you need to focus on the operation. Get an operations partner in place like you are. Yeah. And, you know, let them help you get that plan in place. And I, I just think that's really crucial. I think you're absolutely correct. Putting a plan together and is the menu exactly where it needs to be? Is this the time that you can cost out your menu and identify exactly where you need your prices to be? Is there something that you've always wanted to fix inside your building but just haven't had the time and right now is the time to do it? Is there staffing, cultural stuff, marketing plans? So if somebody was to call you and say, Janet, I own whatever restaurant or a hotel and I'm looking to start a marketing strategy. I don't know what it is. Do you do consultations? How does that work? Absolutely. We will actually write the entire marketing plan for them. Now it takes a little bit of time. There's some research in there that has to be done. And certainly it's very much a collaborative effort between us and the, the hotel or restaurant. 
because we kind of need to know your future vision. If you're not sure what your future vision is, we kind of talk through that to get you there. All of those things then translate into book, if you will, or a game plan to then get you into those next, that next level. Awesome. So that's one of the reasons why I really was excited to have you on today because I think a lot of people are trying to prioritize right now what they need to do. They've just, I think everybody's so emotionally spent. People that I've talked to having to go through this roller coaster of every day. And I know that it's a kind of a buzzword now, but to pivot every <laughs> single, every single day you're just pivoting. And I think people are like, when do I get to stop effing pivoting? You know, like I'm just, I want to, I want to go back to the way it was so I can effectively plan. But that's one of the things I think we're predisposed to in this industry is that we always do that. We always pivot. We always land on our feet, so to speak. And this one's kind of throwing everybody for a loop. So getting people on like you who help people strategize, who help people be incredibly intentional for the finite details as far as how you market, what's your marketing, what's your plan, what's your strategy. And you know, like you said, for myself, shamelessly, it's what are you going to do operationally to really come back better than ever? Well, and that's true too. And I think you may or may not agree with me on this, but you know, there, marketing and public relations takes you to a point, right? It gets the people in the door, but then what do you do once they're there? You know, how, how is the operation running? Does, you know, are people able to get drinks? Are they able to get, you know, their food out on time? Things like that. Well, see, um, now you've then just... we're on the back end doing reputation management, so... I think you've done the, uh, you've given me a wonderful segue and a softball (laughs) (laughs) to talk about what I do. But yeah, I mean, so kind of the cool thing, the duality of this is that you're helping to identify the people that need to come in, who should come in and getting the word out to those people to get them in. But once they are in, what's keeping them in? And yeah, that is, that is kind of what I do. So helping people with their operations, making sure that you have standards for, you know, we call them KPIs, right? Key performance indicators for every single thing that you do. SOPs, standard operating procedures. So getting all of those things and making sure that you're making the most, it's, it's great to have somebody like you, but if you're bringing a bunch of people in and then you're pissing them off when they get there, you're wasting money. That's right. Right. That's exactly right. Note that I do want to say for uh, restaurants and hotels in the future is look at the practices you have now and and see what may make sense to incorporate moving forward. You know, does it make sense to continue to have carry out? Like, is carry out something that hey, it's not too big a um, deterrent from the operation in general, but yet if you know. Uh, there are more residents moving into a certain area where a restaurant happens to be. Does it make sense then to say, you know what, we're going to continue carry out because these folks don't always want to come into the dining room. They just want to pick something up after their yoga class and go home. Oh, I think that, I think that using that example after this, if every single person out there should have the best damn carry out and delivery (laughs) program in the world. And you know what, you're going to see those numbers spike even a, I think after this thing, more people, because they're going to go, oh, wow, that was so easy. Where they hadn't right. tried it before, 
everybody's now going to know how easy it is. So if you don't have a care out and delivery program, you're kind of forced to have one now, but you can hone in on that and make it better. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that one component could be the thing that then pays for your marketing, you know, or pays for that, those Facebook ads. But yet we just hadn't been doing it before. It was kind of on, for, for many restaurants, it just wasn't a focus for their model. But, you know, I think look at your model, look at how you have had to, quote, pivot, and then see what things you're doing now might be able to be incorporated later and create a, a, another revenue stream for you. Absolutely. I know we got to wrap here in just a second, but I do want to let our listeners know that there's a huge opportunity out there for you right now. And it's like Jim Collins says in the book, Good to Great, you know, you want to get the right people on the bus. And sometimes in a restaurant, you've got to have somebody who excels at marketing to get you to the next level. That's right. Yes. And right now is a good opportunity to, to find those people. And you know, I think we talk in general terms here, and I know there's probably a lot of restaurateurs listening to this going, yeah, I do all that. I got all that. I do that. And that is that is awesome. We're speaking in generalities here, just hopefully for the masses. Really, if you're listening to this and you don't have this, hopefully you can take something from what we're saying and just take little bits and pieces, nuggets, hopefully of good information. If you do have an opportunity and you do need some help, um, I know you're totally available. You're at home. You have time to take phone calls. How would people get a hold of you? Uh, yeah. So we have a website, kurtzhospitality.com. That's K-U-R-T-Z. K-U-R-T-Z hospitality. Perfect. And then my, uh, the number is 615-456-3953. And if you do need some help marketing, um, I know you'd be happy to do it. I'd love for you guys to contact her. Thank you for taking your time today. Is there anything else you want to say? Any kind of words of encouragement or anything to the people out there? You know, I think the, the best words of encouragement I actually got from a client of mine who checked, checked in on me today. And that is keep your chins up. I know this is tough. It's tough for everybody. But we're going to get through this and we're going to come back bigger and stronger than ever. And call a friend and tell them that they're doing a good job. <laughs> That's right. I think one of the things we get is social interaction. We are all around each other. And if I'm at the office and I do something and people go, hey, great job. I go, oh, cool. I don't realize if I hear that, how often I hear that. But so many people right now are not hearing that, that right. if you see somebody doing something cool, tell them, let them know, spread some love out there. That's right. I absolutely agree with that. Well, Janet, thank you so much for joining me today. And um, I hopefully you'll be a staple on my podcast because you got some great, great insight there and great information. Oh, Brandon, I would love it. Call me anytime. <laughs> thank you so much, Janet. It was so nice talking to you. Thanks. You too. Talk to you soon. So big thanks to Janet Kurtz for coming by today and talking to us about what we can be doing right now and tomorrow and uh, how to set up a plan for your marketing strategy um, if you have any questions, comments about this, please leave them on the Facebook page. And um, hope you guys are staying safe out there. And we'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye-bye.